you know, a casino isn't accessible to everyone. And, you know, that's where you start to get that Ponzi scheme comparison. Only a small percentage of people get rich and communities end up with just so many speculators in there who don't care what the goals are, what the roadmap is. They're just hoping they can flip the NFT in the short term and make a quick profit. And, you know, that's bad if you're trying to build a factory and everyone thinks you're a casino. Hello and welcome to the 46th episode of Floorcast, the NFT podcast. I'm your host for today's show, uh, Pet Barisha, as usual. Thank God it's not Corwin, but he is joining me as a co-host. Corwin, how are you, sir? What do you mean, thank God it's not me? I, first of all, my Have you host... not seen our reviews since you started hosting? When I host, our numbers go up. Okay, so don't forget that. <laughs> I, up I, I, like I the Solano eat. ecosystem. <laughs> Solana, why did I say Solana? Yeah, we're, at, we're, we're at the top. We're at the top in terms of like actual soul, like in soul terms. We're at the top because souls dropped so much. Is that right? We've hit the peak. We've peaked. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. And so you guys can't see the video, but um, Corwin is wearing a beanie right now, and he uh, apparently looks like the robber from Home Alone Two. I do, according to Chris Kane. And the good news is I brought a hat too, just in case I had to switch off this beanie. So I'm going to put on the hat right after this. And uh, Chris K, how are you? Hey, I'm good. It's cold in New York. It's like back to 35 degrees, um, which I think is like zero or something in real money. But I'm happy because later this week, I'm going to Miami for Art Basel. Me too, I'll be there. Yeah, looking forward to seeing the people, the art. Maybe we'll do a Floorcast live show on the beach. We're also if doing you, a floor um, meetup. Great, perfect. So let's make this happen. Let's do a live show. Let's get the listeners in. Let's um, dance around a fire on the beach at midnight. So I'm not going to be there. So if you guys are happy to do that on your own, and then I'll edit it, get it ready to launch, all good. I'm just saying I won't be there. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, our iPhones can record our audio, right? We, we can do this. That sounds terrible from an audio quality and production perspective. That sounds terrible. But is it about the sort of audio quality or is it about the, the community vibes. and vibes? Is someone, it, are many Floor community members going to be in Art Basel? You know? Yeah, we're actually going to hold a meetup on Friday from, since it's coming out beforehand, from, let me look at let me pull up my calendar. Don't get your numbers right. Uh, 5.30 to 7.30. So the details will be in the on floor Discord day? on Friday, December 2nd. Okay, on the Friday. Okay, cool. Well, look out for that. Uh, Chris K is going to do a drunken live podcast. <laughs> yeah, might be fun. Cool. Well, the first thing we're going to talk about is this awesome thread that Giancarlo uh, posted on Twitter. A few of you will know him from his YouTube videos, uh, but he's pretty big on Twitter as well. He tweeted, the casino and the factory why 2023 will be the breakout year for NFTs. And I'm going to read out the thread because I think it'll be it'll spark some interesting debate, right? So he said, here's a map of where we are now and how I think the different categories will evolve. It's not meant to be super accurate. It's just a mental framework. Let's start with the first category. So basically this image, and we'll link this tweet in the show notes, but this image showcases like five bar charts, uh, one representing each year 2022 23 24 25 26 and there is a purple and yellow element to each bar where the purple element is casino nfts and the yellow element is factory nfts and in every year there are f there is less purple so that means there is fewer casino nfts uh, in this mental model every year 
And he says, the early NFT era has been very casino-like. The meme that they're just altcoins with pictures has so far been more right than wrong. This makes sense given that they were mostly made by crypto people for crypto people. So it was born out of an already speculative space. From my perspective, the main products sold in these early innings have been vague investment vehicles. People buy hope, hoping price goes up. Some percentage get into the community for other reasons, but it's a minority. New announcements quickly go back to how might this affect the floor price? There's many negative effects. Collections stick to artificially scarce supply to enhance speculation, and they attract the wrong kind of community. Hard to build with a small audience of mercenaries that view NFTs as numbers on a screen. Plus, they can't shake the Ponzi rep. How do you know if you have a casino NFT? Some signs. Small supply plus transferability. No reliable plan to attract consumers. Growth narratives uh, or flippers thesis. And it doesn't mean they can't lead to a, a real products, but I can't think of one success story yet. What you're seeing now is the casino losing steam. People are tired. Most who came for the money are leaving. But this barely matters in the long run. This was a tiny group of people and a drop in the bucket compared to what's coming. Now the good news. The casino did what it needed to do. It was the Trojan horse that brought attention to this tech. It brought builders who created infrastructure. It led to the experimentation and new smart contract primitives. It showed the value of on-chain identity. So on its last breath, I'll pass the baton to the next runner, the factory. By factory, I simply mean products targeting consumers, not investors. You know, like basically everything else you've spent money on in your entire life. Instead of speculation, these products will appeal to one, fun, two, digital identity, and three, social cultural moments. Any roadmap NFT that doesn't have an obvious path to hit one of these sustainably before running out of money is not going to make it. The addressable market for product NFTs is orders of magnitude greater than anything we've seen so far. McKinsey thinks the metaverse will be worth $5 trillion in 2030. And this is me saying this. They've quite obviously picked that number out of absolute thin air, by the way. Giancarlo goes on to say, whatever the number, casino NFTs will be a small percentage of this. Today, it's almost all of it. Some sign of product NFTs. Large supply or soulbound. No one has a flipping thesis directly tied to consumable value. Examples, free Reddit avatars and Prometheans, the, the, the project that he's building. How do I expect this to play out in 2023? Creators like Mr. Beast doing on-chain events, platforms like Reddit launching more avatars, brands like Starbucks enhancing loyalty rewards, and games. Each can reach more people than all casino NFTs to date. Won't even be close. Well, okay, that's great, but how can we make money? I still think speculative NFTs will play a role, but there'll be cherries on top of this economy, not the foundation. Casino NFTs are still useful for marketing, and open blockchain means they're always around in some form. Having experience in this space will now will help you identify opportunities, but hoping speculative assets remain king is basically hoping that NFTs stay niche. The more people care about digital assets in general, the more value they'll assign to limited edition collectibles. Anyways, the point of this thread isn't to demonize limited collectibles. I buy many myself. Just showing why they'll be de-emphasized and that's a bullish thing. I'm all in on this new direction and plan to create more product NFTs through Zero.Fun and Midnight Labs. So, yeah, I th- think it's really interesting. What do you what do you think of that, Chris K? Yeah, it's one of the better Twitter threads I've read um, for a while. You know, the Casino and the Factory, great title for a book, a longer essay. Um, you know, it's a great analogy, and I think it resonates a lot with what um, we've been seeing in the industry. You know, I think PFPs, I think Yolo mints are really on their last legs. We've seen that 
over the past year. Sure, there's still use cases for PFPs and, you know, they can sort of form part of your factory. But, you know, that time of pure financial speculation, I think, is over. Um, and it's more a case where you sort of latch onto these projects as sort of part of marketing or sort of awareness generation or sort of building an identity within those sort of communities that are actually building factories. You know, a casino isn't accessible to everyone. And, you know, that's where you start to get that Ponzi scheme comparison. Only a small percentage of people get rich and communities end up with just so many speculators in there who don't care what the goals are, what the roadmap is. They're just hoping they can flip the NFT in the short term and make a quick profit. And, you know, that's bad if you're trying to build a factory and everyone thinks you're a casino. And, uh, you know, I think the more we can weed out those teams, the more that we can get rid of anyone who doesn't necessarily have that long-term plan, that ability to execute, I think you're going to see much better products um, emerging. I, I totally agree. You know, I, I think, and I, I say this a lot, like it feels like the early days of Web 2, where you have a lot of ideas, a lot of speculation, a lot of experimentation. This is like a great time to be building stuff. but. You know, at some point, you need to sort of think about business models. You need to think about addressable market, sustainability, and essentially sort of grow up as a project, as a company that you're trying to build in this space. Cool. And what about you? What do you think? Completely agree with Chris K. Um, so first, first and foremost, phenomenal thread. Never really thought about it this way until it was laid out like this. Really excited for next year. And I think uh, what Chris is saying too is like, all this, a lot of this DGen yellow stuff is really already on its last leg. And going into the new year, I think we're going to see a lot of different spikes in projects that have better fundamentals. Yeah, I, I think the way this has been framed is so, so cool. Like, I think it's so, so good. I'll, I'll be interested to see just how many of these consumable product based nfts gain traction i think there's like basically i think this might get quite top heavy short term like i think like a lot of brands who you know reddit creating three million wallets the same amount of wallets that are active on OpenSea, that's pretty crazy but it also means that like reddit suddenly become like a leader in the web3 space when they were not involved in it at all a year ago and i think we'll see a lot of that where like a lot of these products will start dwarfing the kind of native Web3 stuff, which is not bad in the long run, because I think there'll be enough kind of mid to smaller level products and projects that drive um, a lot of attention. But I think short term, be a not like a funk, but I think it'll be quite interesting to see how like the Web3 native space reacts to, oh shit, like Starbucks have created something that's like, 10x bigger than the entire NFT ecosystem. Well, so that was one of the interesting parts of the essay. Like it was sort of saying, you know, casinos, you have limited supply, whereas with the factories, you don't really have con supply constraints, which makes perfect sense. Like if you're building a product, you don't want to artificially limit the size of your market. But I think like as it relates to Web3 and NFT, you're definitely sort of approaching those use cases where People are interacting with the blockchain, they're interacting with NFTs, but they don't necessarily know it. Um, just like Reddit and their um, sort of avatars, you can sort of have a lot of fun buying, trading, collecting, customizing your avatar, not knowing that the underlying infrastructure is Web3 based. And I think you're going to see a lot of that. So it really depends how the brands are sort of entering the space. Um, but, you know, 
I think you're going to get most users who don't even know that they're users of Web3. The other side of it, though, Corbin, is that people like casinos, right? People love casinos. I think there will always be that aspect there. But think about like the US, right? How many places can you go get to, to a casino? 5% of places in the United States. Like, I feel like it's going to be the same online, too. Like, 5% of <laughs> Chris Case looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> do, you, do you see my point, though? Like, I, I, I think there will always be that need there, but I don't think it's going to be the majority of things. Yeah. And, and I also think that within, though, that there's always also an argument, and look, we're going really deep into this and quite nuanced, but like within the Reddit collectible thing, there was quite a lot of speculation. Like people did start buying and uh, trading the most expensive ones. And that was a byproduct of like NFTs being super tradable and liquid. But I, I guess they, that wasn't their like core uh, component, their core proposition. But I think within those kind of uh, factory model NFT projects and propositions, I still think you'll have the speculation within them, if that makes sense, Chris K. Yeah, I, I think that, that makes sense. You know, Reddit, I'm sure a lot of people like Corwin and sort of other DGENs just went in, they bought all of uh, the avatars when they sort of first read the announcement, thinking they could get rich quick. Um, they did. I, I, exactly. I, I think you, you still have sort of that element that sort of latches onto projects and tries to do that. And while you're sort of enabling those dynamics in the marketplace, that's going to happen regardless. I think also with Reddit, you know, the tradability of avatars is just something that you don't necessarily see with sort of a Web2 avatar platform. You know, Reddit is concerned with selling the avatar to the end user, and they haven't really sort of built anything for secondary sales. And now suddenly, oh, these are all NFTs. You can just go to OpenSea and trade them. You know, if you really like a piece of artwork, you want it as your avatar within Reddit, you can go and get it. Whereas before, you didn't really necessarily have that choice. Yeah, I also kind of think about this kind of speculation within this kind of factory side of things model. If you think about, I don't know, you used to play a lot of like FIFA Ultimate Team where a lot of people used to pay and buy loads of packs and buy loads of players and buy loads of FIFA coins to get better and speculate on like buying players that they thought were going to be in like high demand in the future and stuff like that. Same with, you know, sports memorabilia, like there's loads of cheap sports memorabilia that you can buy, but there's still loads of expensive ones. I think there's going to be layers of layers of speculation within these products that are built, which I don't necessarily think is bad because as he mentioned in the kind of essay, yeah, I, I think there is like a, the marketing component of that is is still really important and does work quite well. Before we move on to our next topic, uh, which Chris K is eloquently going to put us through, we need to remind you that we are a community-led podcast by the Floor NFT app community. And if you don't know what Floor is, it's your very own NFT portfolio in your pocket. So, Corwin, what is the latest from Floor? I don't think I'm allowed to say this. Chris K knows. Uh, but something big is happening next week uh, for Floor. Can't say, uh, but super excited to share with everyone, hopefully by the end of this week in the Floor Discord and probably on Twitter. So keep your eye out. Something amazing is happening. Anything at all? I, I can't. Nothing. Like I will, I'll get sued. Sued slash fired. Let's just say it was so hyped. <laughs> Sorry guys, Corwin's never coming on a podcast again because he broke contract. It was so hyped up that I think it was like Thursday night last week, or no, like Wednesday or Tuesday night last week, Chris K and I and a bunch of other people were texting about it because it was really great news. I'm really, can, can you tell me in confidence like after this? Oh no, you can't, no pet. What the fuck, bro? Okay. Shit, man. 
Okay. Uh, cool. So, turns out MetaMask are tracking us, Chris K. Yeah, this was um, an interesting one. It dropped the night before Thanksgiving. Um, got an email from Consensus saying, hey, we're changing our privacy policy for uh, MetaMask and all of our products. A few um, folks on the internet went and sort of looked at the differences. And the main one was a line under MetaMask, which was essentially mm-hmm. saying, if you're using a default um, RPC provider, so essentially, if you're talking to our servers um, through the wallet, um, we're tracking your IP address and associating that with your Ethereum address and any transactions. Um, and then sort of there's sort of a mini sort of Thanksgiving meltdown on the internet, I think, um, of just people in outrage over this, um, posting videos on how to delete MetaMask, how to switch it to use Alchemy or a different RPC provider, um, or, hey, use this wallet over here. Um, it's more private and you should trust it. And I'm curious of everyone's thoughts on this. Um, you know, I, I think personally, one of the things, uh, you know, I tend to sort of accept um, and what I see most websites doing, most products doing is sort of tracking your IP address. I, I don't necessarily think it's on its own very nefarious, but apparently the Web3 community took a lot of issue with this. Mm-hmm. So interesting play by Phantom because as people are leaving MetaMask, Phantom just came out this morning and they were like, hey, we're not just going to be a Solana wallet anymore. We're adding Ethereum and we're adding... Uh, Polygon. However, I just went to Phantom Apps Privacy Policy and Control F and found that they do collect your IP address, but it says time you visit the site or services or anything that led you to their website. I don't know if this includes their actual wallet, so I'll have to go back and revisit this. But you're right. Like if someone knows my IP address, so what? What is that going to do? You have the IP address in my wallet. So what if I'm like, okay, you're not collecting my name, you're not collecting my social. I mean, maybe they are collecting my like computer information, like my Mac ID or Mac address or whatever. But it's it's weird that everyone freaked out about this because every site already does this, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I went on a Twitter storm, um, looking at sort of all of the privacy policies, like the replacement tools everyone was recommending, and you know, almost everything out there is collecting IP address, mobile device ID, location. I think Phantom had something in there, which is like, we get the content of every page you visit, which if they're a browser extension, that makes sense. I don't think there's anything nefarious there. Honestly, I think MetaMask has probably been doing this forever, and they just decided to sort of clarify things um, a bit more. Isn't this a regulatory thing, though? Like, if you're an American-based company, which consensus are or operate in America, then you know you can't do business with specific company countries. So like they have to know where you are in the world. Haven't they been doing that for a long time though, Chris K? Remember, I think it was MetaMask or Infura, or maybe it was PseudoSwap. I don't remember. One of those websites blocked a bunch of IPs for for OFAC reasons, right? How did they do that? Was yeah, they collecting it, or they were just. That was MetaMask. And like I say, I'm pretty sure they've been doing this forever and they just clarified it in their Mm. privacy policy. But yeah, like OFAC and sort of dealing with economic sanctions is definitely one valid reason why you should be looking at IP address. So, you know, you have traffic from Russia, you have traffic from North Korea, you can block that. You know, I, I think there's lots of legitimate reasons. I think everyone just jumped to oh no, they're building a big graph of my identity and tracking my wallet and associated with my location, my email address and everything else. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was just really interesting to see the uproar when pretty much every product does this and it's not that bad. What did you think was kind of like the most misinformed or confused thing that you saw? Like MetaMask says, just don't use in Infura. There was loads of people saying how you can like install MetaMask without, you know, without all this stuff, like getting around it, which is quite interesting. Uh, like there just seems to be, a, I, I get it. Like if you're completely anonymous and like you really don't want to be seen or found, I think some people are just in this kind of fantastical crypto native world where they think like it's going to be the wild wild west forever at the same time like i do philosophically kind of like find myself understanding the point of view about like when people don't need your data they shouldn't have it type of thing so like Mm -hmm. if you're in america and an american citizen and you're using metamask there is not really a need for them to have your ip address right and so I'm not smart enough to know whether or not like zero knowledge proofs and stuff like that could be really useful in, in things like this in the future. But I think there seems to be some, you know, needless gathering of data for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, there's gathering data and then there's sort of storing and doing stuff with that data. And unless you know, sort of, you know, what is the data retention on this? Is this being sold? Is this being combined with any other pieces of information? It's really hard to sort of get a sense of how bad it is. I, I think for me, there was like three things that sort of stood out. One was just, okay, all of the angry people are recommending all of these other products that have exactly the same issues. Like if you're going to use a service and you care about your data, at least read the privacy policy to see what they collect beforehand. And then I think it was just sort of Two things at odds with each other. It's like, I care about privacy, but I'm also putting all of my transactions on this public uh, ledger. And at the same time, it's actually very easy, I found, to associate a Web2 identity with a Web3 wallet. I've done it to Corwin loads of times. Yeah, it's like you show off your NFTs on your OpenSea page that proudly has your email address, your not your email, your, your Twitter uh, address, your Instagram as soon as you have any of those, there's a fairly easy path for me to take a username and then get an email and a postal address just through like nefarious data brokers. Yeah. OpenSea has your IP too. So like if you're using OpenSea, what are you going to not use OpenSea? Um, also, Chris K, uh, really intrigued by the way you say privacy. It's like it's like pet with Nike and uh, Adidas. <laughs> what, what's wrong with how I say uh, privacy? You say privacy. Privacy? Privacy. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about some more uh, more stories. Why do Web3 stuff banter in any other business? That's the title of the last bit. Um, NFT stuff, Chimpers x Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's Chimpers x Paramount, which is insane. It is insane, isn't it? It's literally insane. Um, what is? What are all these other projects doing when Chimpers is out here like making big moves like this, right? What do you think they're going to do? Animated show? It might be something to do with the game. If it's an animated show, that would be awesome. Chimpers are just like, they've been killing it constantly. Their floor went from, I think, like 1.1 to like, one, I think it's sitting at like 1.7, 1.8 now off that announcement. It's just, they have been, like, they have staking and everything. By the way, Floor App supports Chimpers staking. So if you <laughs> have them staked and you put it in the Floor App, we still track it for you. 
Um, but their 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 team is really killing it. I I wish I had a chimpers. It is pretty extraordinary to me that we're talking about staking chimp NFTs. Like, imagine trying to explain that entire concept to a normal person. Not saying that we're not normal, but you know that is just uh, quite funny to me. Um, yeah, really interesting. Porsche or Porsche have launched NFTs. Yeah, what is that about? What the hell is also like Renault as well? Like, what the hell's going on? Why oh, are all these? Did car- you see Pro- Proof just launched their NFT marketplace too? No way. Yeah. Just now. Uh, yesterday. There's just oh. like so much going on in the space. It's like what, I what's can't Proof's keep up. NFT marketplace like? Uh, it's <laughs> look. I'm not one to comment on. Uh, I'll send it to you. <laughs> it's called uh, Pudding Pudding XYZ. A curated marketplace for the proof ecosystem, zero percent listing fees, royalties honored. Ha! Huh. Interesting. So it's it's going to be like art blocks curated, but proof. Uh, you could search any collection on there. So like I could look up like CryptoPunks. Can you? Yeah, and Crypto Toads and stuff, and you could buy it straight from their website. But how do you do? They import it from OpenSea. Yeah, so it's basically like Magic Eden, where they're using like Seaport or whatever, and you could just buy it got from it. here. Got um, it. Got it. And they just take a fee off that. I think so. Look, I love proof. This means no disrespect at all. And maybe I'm just not seeing the bigger picture, but it just seems very lacking. Oof. It seems like it kind of like I maybe I just don't understand it. It just it's very confusing to me going to their website and trying to figure out what to do here. I, I don't think it looks that clean or like it, it's functionally looks like an amazing marketplace. What I will say is that every big project and every big brand that gets into NFTs in a serious way is going to have their own marketplace. Mm-hmm. Like they're just going to become like a Shopify. Like yeah. everyone has their own site, everyone has their own store. Like I, I just think we're going to get used to this in a big way. Yeah, this looks like a Shopify version of. It, it looks like a Shopify version using other marketplaces because it doesn't look like anyone's listing on here. It doesn't look like they actually have liquidity. You're just buying from like OpenSea. I think a lot of them, its primary role won't be to disrupt OpenSea, it will be to have like more control over their own drops, I think. And it will have more control over over royalties as well, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the, the drops they curate. Yeah. Chris K, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this um, is no-brainer. I, I think a lot of projects are going to go this direction. I, I think what I'm more interested in seeing is just how they innovate um, in the sort of marketplace um, arena and make it sort of more compelling than just going to open sea or anywhere else. And I think we're still like very early stages there. I think next year we'll see a lot more sort of innovation around this. Can I just say, going back to the Porsche and, and Renault NFT things, chapeau to whatever consultancy has convinced Renault that NFT is the right thing to do to them. Like, I saw the official Renault Cars account tweet when Discord. Like, why? Why would they ever need a Discord? I don't understand. It's crazy. The Porsche thing is so confusing to me. It's like nft.porsche.com. And it's just like, first of all, don't use the word NFT, please. No, but also like who wants a Porsche NFT? Like seriously. What's the utility, right? Is it just, is there utility? Like, it's just like every brand's just jumping in at this point, I guess, which is not a bad thing. It's just, I'm confused. (laughs) I'm now confused. Chris, would you buy one? No. Straight up there. Um, last bit on the NFTs front, uh, nftstatistics.eth. Uh, despite the awful crypto market, art blocks have had as many trades above 0.5 ETH over the last 30 days as any point this year, which is quite interesting. Are you still an art, art curator, Corey? 
Um, no. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, crypto. Uh, Keith Grossman left time mm-hmm. to become president of Enterprise and MoonPay. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. And FTX apparently owned a bank regulated in the US. Mm, and BlockFi went under too. And BlockFi went under. So it's, we had a busy week. Now, now we have to have like another section on the show, which is like NFTs, crypto, general bankrupt crypto companies. <laughs> what do we think is going to happen with time? So Keith actually ran Time's NFT drop last year that was super successful. They sold out multiple. I mean, when I say successful, as in they sold out, they had a lot of technical issues, but they they sold out instantly. They had a couple collections. I think they had like four or five collections. I think they even got, I don't know if this is true, but I remember an image floating around of like an NFT on Time's front page. But with Keith leaving, who was leading their blockchain NFT realm, I don't know if time is going to stay in it. I know their NFT utility was like, oh, you get Time Magazine for a year for free or whatever it was. But him going to MoonPay, I think that's a great move for him. Career rise, maybe not career rise, but something he's super interested in. So maybe it is career rise. I don't know. It's like something he seems to like doing. So if he listens to this, he's just like, what the hell? This guy's just slagging off my no, career no, move. No, he's all, no, no, he's awesome. He's awesome. First I proof, just don't know. Creep. No, 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 no. I I super respect him. I I don't know enough about MoonPay. That's the only thing. I just know they buy a bunch of celebrity nfts right they bought justin bieber an ape for a million dollars that's all i know is they buy a bunch of celebrities nfts i don't know what they do but i I think keith is really really smart and he will i think he's gonna thrive yeah so i think what keith said about MoonPay is he recognizes the next sort of step or the next evolution of the space is about onboarding users and MoonPay has a ton of technology around that so working with sort of enterprises and thinking how that can be incorporated into sort of provide a smooth onboarding on-ramp, I, I think could be really interesting. You know, I think he's done a fantastic job at time. I, I think I'm curious, you know, at any large company, if your internal champion sort of disappears, what becomes of the offering? And I'm curious of how much infrastructure, how much of a team time has built up around NFTs, around Web3. and you know, whether they'll have the momentum to keep moving that forward or if um, we'll see it sort of kind of fizzle out. Um, I think that, that that's what I'm sort of interested in seeing is just, you know, does it continue next year? Mm. Uh, any thoughts on any of the other stuff there, Chris K? So I saw pictures of the FTX bank. <laughs> it, it looked like sort of a Dairy Queen or something, like in the middle of nowhere. That's honestly <laughs> what I imagine. Like when you're when you're telling listeners there's gonna be a uh, there's gonna be a live podcast in Miami. That's kind of what I imagine. We're gonna it be outside like. of Dairy Queen. I'm honestly <laughs> down, Chris. I'm not even joking. I'm so down. Honestly, if you guys record something, you know, you can whip it up and put it out on the feed. But you know, you're on your own. Is what I'm saying. Maybe we do a vodcast call and get some video content out there. I, 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 I thought that's a vodka podcast. I will no. <laughs> not a is bad it, idea. Isn't it a vidcast, not a vodcast? I thought it was vodcast. Oh, I don't know. We, we need selfie sticks. I have a vlog, I have a professional yeah. camera. I could bring it. Oh goodness, a vodka podcast. Wow, that's um, not something I would have partaken. No, so I've got an idea for a vodka podcast. Um, <laughs> So going back to the Disney theme, which we need to organize at some point. Um, I, for a second, I was like, when did we talk about Disney? But I realized it was the last episode where you were talking about a live podcast in Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I hear it's very popular to go to Epcot and they have like um, bars from all over mm-hmm. the world and just go on a big long bar crawl. Wait, when are we going? I think going? we could do that with the metaverse and like go to Decentraland, go to Facebook Horizons, go to some of the other lands with no one in them and just sort of party. I'm I'm down. Let's go. As long as I don't have to organize that, like I'm I'm kind of down, but... It just sounds like either the in-person crazy drunk one or the metaverse one. Both sound quite a lot of work, to be honest with you. No, I think that every like 30 minutes we go to another land um, and uh, break open a <laughs> bottle of vodka or something. A digital bottle of vodka or a real one? I mean, it depends um, how bad these metaverses are. <laughs> we may need some real stuff. So right, I think we have got to end it on there before it gets a bit too weird. Um, you can find us uh, on the Floorcast at Twitter. At Twitter? On Twitter? I don't know. Twitter uh, might be removed from the App Store, so maybe not. Well, I was about to say, yeah, I was literally <laughs> about to say however long Twitter is find alive. Find me on MySpace, y'all. <laughs> find Corwin on Home Alone 2. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Chris K at C. Cajonan. Uh, or madewithmason.com you can find me at Pet Barisha P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A uh, give us a review on Spotify or Apple and just remember that none of what we have said is financial advice it's just great advice and even that's debatable yeah speaking of Home Alone 2 I saw the movie Glass Onion over the weekend uh, it's going to be on Netflix I, uh, it's the sequel to Knives Out it's going to it's only, oh. yeah it was like only in theaters for a week and it's going to be on Netflix I think the 24th of December 23rd great movie oh. highly recommend nice. loved it I like Knives Out, so I'll watch that for sure. Well, we'll we'll wrap it up there. If we're not sponsored by Knives Out Productions. No affiliation. No affiliation.